0: Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database of Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. For today's issue and shir, we'll be discussing the question of whether or not we gain weight on Shabbos. Yep, so this is going to be a fun and somewhat juicy topic. You might think of it as somewhat controversial, but it is a sheer topic that I've been waiting to give on for quite a while. And you'll see very shortly why I waited till this particular week's Parsha to discuss it. But the idea of whether or not we gain weight on Shabbos... There is a claim that perhaps you've heard over the years, and many people have um, different attitudes about this claim. And the claim, once again, is that we don't gain weight for the food that we eat on Shabbos. And some people believe in that very strongly. We'll have to discuss based on what. um, Why would they believe such a claim? Are there any sources that discuss the issue? Alright, that doesn't say it anywhere in the Torah. So we have to Figure where such a claim came from, and of course, you have people on the opposite extreme who have certainly um, had the attitude to reject and dismiss this particular claim either based on cynicism or perhaps based on the empirical anecdotal evidence that they've observed in their own lives, or maybe just due to natural reasonable skepticism, just due to the fact that we have not seen sources on the matter that discuss this issue. And if it doesn't say it in the Chumash, it doesn't say it in Chazal, if it doesn't say it in the Mufarshim or in the Poskim, so why would you say it just because it makes you feel good? And I've heard people say that, oh yeah, I don't know if you actually gain weight or Shabbos or not, but I like to believe that it makes me feel better about myself. So that's uh, definitely not a way to... Uh, it's definitely not a Torah approach to knowing whether or not something is true. Um, and Torah is not just uh, its not just about all the feel-good ideas. Uh, we want to get down to business and see what the sources really say on the matter. Um, and of course, if there is any basis to such a claim, so yeah, again, the claim that you don't gain weight for the food that you eat on Shabbos, so we have to see... What that what you know, what would the basis be for such a claim? Or, or, like Again, is there a source that perhaps even hints at such a, such a suggestion that we don't gain weight for the food that we eat on Shabbos? And if there is such a source out there, we have to figure out what does that source really mean? Is it really true? And if on some level it is true, then how do we account for what many of us might actually indeed observe, observe in our own lives? Because right? if you would ask the question, well, do you gain weight for the food that you eat on Shabbos? So we would probably suggest a very simple answer. Just wait until after Shabbos, get up on a scale, and see what the numbers say. Because after all, it's most likely true that the numbers will not lie. And for that reason, I have stopped looking at the scale after Shabbos because I have observed in my own life that on a given Shabbos, I could put on five pounds at least if I'm not being careful. Now, Baruch Hashem You know, Hashem makes everybody different. And in my case, Baruch Hashem, I have a fast metabolism. That's nothing that I did on my own. Um, So I don't put on that much weight during the week. So even if I put on a little bit on Shabbos, it's it's not something that I struggle with and have to worry about. But uh, but, uh, Hashem makes everybody different. And if someone is actually being very conscious of the food that they're eating, and they are wondering about... A source on this issue, is there a discussion to be had about the food that they eat on Shabbos? Is the food that they eat on Shabbos going to be different than the food that they eat during the week? And is there anything for a person who is dieting, is there, is there anything to be said about that? And again, this this claim, this this phantom claim, um, we'll call it that for now until we see any sources. So this claim that we don't gain weight on Shabbos, um, is, is there something to be said about that? And is there any legitimacy to that? So that's what we will hopefully discuss right now. And our starting point for tonight is going to be the Oznayim L'Torah of Zalman Saratskin. And he makes a comment on this week's Parsha, which at the moment of this recording is Parsha's B'Shalach. And he makes this, discuss, he makes this uh, comment in connection to the man, or the manna, the manna, the food, min the, the, the bread from heaven that Kalal Yisrael ate in the Midbar for 40 years, so there's so much to be said about the Mun. I mean, in the archives, we had a Real Talk Torah devoted to Parshas Haman and what that represents in our own lives even today. A lot to be said about the Mun. And there are some who have even said, and maybe it's maybe it's related to our discussion, but that the Mun was something that sustained the Bnei Shara, but they didn't necessarily gain weight from the Mun. But the question is, does that have anything to do with our Shabbos discussion? So... What does the Oznei say? So if Zalman Sratzkin comments on uh, Parshas B'Shalach, Perak Tazayin Pasuk Chafhei, sixteen twenty-five, and he's commenting on the pasuk on the verse that says, "Ichluhu Hayom ki Shabbos Hayom Hashem." This is what uh, this is what Hashem had commanded, and this is what Moshe Rabbeinu communicated to the Bnei Israel. "Ichluhu Hayom," you should eat it today, ki Shabbos Hayom Hashem, because Shabbos indeed is the day for Hashem. And this, uh, this Pasuk, Ichluhu hayom is one of the sources for all of the meals that we eat on Shabbos. We know that we have at least Shal or Suda Hashlishas. There are three Shabbos meals that we eat based on the three occurrences of the word hayom in the Parsha of Mun. And so all the food that we eat on Shabbos... Um, you know, and again, we're looking at this very loosely. So far, we're not even in the Zanayim Latora yet. But all the food that we eat on Shabbos is, is connected to the Mun. And if the Mun was this angelic food that maybe had no material, um, it, it didn't that, that didn't have any material substance, but just sustained them to enable them to live, but it didn't nourish them in the way that food nourishes us now, to put weight on our bodies, maybe there's something to be said here. But again, nothing explicit yet. Um, but the point is, Ichlu'u Hayom teaches us about the meals that we are required to eat on Shabbos. And again, Ichlu'u Hayom is not telling us how much food we should eat, right? because who says you need to eat more than you know, just a kezayah of challah, and it would be a Koveya suudan, a kabitzah of food, and, and make a kiddush. So, so far, no one has yet said that we need to eat anything more than that. You know, maybe with your chicken soup and and, the, and whatever little bit of meat that you're going to have, so we we have not yet seen anything more that we are required to eat. Certainly not three servings of dessert or four bowls of chalons at kiddush. So, what does the Eznayim Latorah say about this pasuk? So again, Ichlu Hayom Kishav Sayom Hashem. You should eat it today because Shabbos is the day of Hashem. Explains the Eznayim Latorah. He says that since today is Shabbos for Hashem, so what the pasuk means to say, says the Eznayim Latorah, is that they should eat the mun on Shabbos and not be like the individuals who were purposely refraining from eating it. We know that what would happen is if you tried to leave over any of the mun, so it would go spoiled, even though there was nothing wrong with the mun as it was on the day of. So people, oh, there were people who were trying to avoid eating it on Shabbos to see what would happen. Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, eat it as it is. And he says there's nothing, nothing bad is going to happen if you just eat it today on Hashem's special day of Shabbos. And Moshe told them to eat it because Shomer Mitzvah Lo Davara, a person who is keeping a mitzvah, he will not know any evil, he will not falter from engaging in the mitzvah. And so if there is a mitzvah of eating on Shabbos, so nothing can go wrong when you eat food on Shabbos. And here's where Torah adds that parenthetical point that this is a support for those who diet all week long but then go off of their diets. For Shabbos, and so with that, we have nothing yet explicitly about weight gain or weight loss on Shabbos. But what the Latora is discussing here is just the idea of one who diets during the week going off of his diet on Shabbos. Now, what does going off of your diet on Shabbos mean? Does that mean that again you you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet. And you know, it's, it's interesting. They call it an all-you-can-eat buffet. They don't call it an all-you-should-eat buffet because it's not an all-you-should-eat buffet. Um, you know, and even if it says all you can eat, it's likely not even all that you can eat because you can really eat that much. I guess some people have room for a lot, but the food usually is going to try to find a place somewhere on your body to stay. So uh, so the question is, I mean, if, if if all he's saying is, the food that you eat on Shabbos that you're doing a mitzvah with when you're eating. So through that, says Rav Saratskin, you're not going to go wrong. Um, the, the the Shmira of the mitzvah, so lo yodah lo davarah, you're not going to know anything evil. So perhaps we could suggest that there are limits, right? Well, we would limit it to the mitzvah. What is the mitzvah of eating? And maybe the mitzvah of eating is not that much. Maybe... You could say, well, any amount of the Shabbos food that's oneg Shabbos, that's part of your Shabbos delight. But perhaps is there a limit to that as well? Maybe achilagasa. Maybe we say achilagasa at a certain point is no longer considered oneg. I'm not and I'm not saying one way or the other, but it's something to consider. Now, when you see this, um, when you see this particular source, so we're looking at a source that can go either way. The question is. Um, are, are there any more explicit sources? So I'll be honest that for most of my life, hearing that claim that you don't gain weight on Shabbos, so even before I got up on the scale on my own, I was very skeptical about it, and I was sure that it was a myth, especially because I hadn't seen any sources on it. And that's usually naturally where I come from, you know, here, especially at the database, we, we, we look for data on these things. And even if the data is a line in the Gemara, a source, in one of them a Farshim, so if, if no one really says it, so why would you believe it? However, um, a few years ago I did, uh, in fact, hear a source, the Toldos Yisrael, the Alexander Rebbe, the um, otherwise known as the Yismach Yisrael. And so he explicitly said the following line, which I'm now translating into English, but he says, Shabbos food does not make one fat that is the quote that perhaps has gone around and that 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 was the quote that perhaps has made its rounds and maybe has caused people to become round um, or maybe not right that's the question so well what exactly does that mean that shab's food does not make one fat because right? if I think of all of the, my, my favorite Shabbos foods, they all seem to be foods that make people fat. You know, chal and kishka are, um, you know, among my favorites. Good potato kugel. Some people are into the shami kugel. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of the Shabbos foods, um, they, they have a lot of... There, there's a reputation to Shabbos foods, and a lot of good things about that reputation. But among them, I don't think I would suggest that that, that healthiness um, is is one of those is one of those reputations. So, um, they definitely would not uh, consider it a dieting food. So, the question is, how literally do we take this comment of the Toldest Yisrael? Is is it true? Do we just dismiss it because we got up on the scale after Shabbos and noticed that it wasn't true? So. We'll have to come back to this particular source, um, and we'll we'll, we'll, uh, evaluate it in light of what we saw from Rav Sretzkin, and in light of one more source that I want to discuss. So the other source that I want to discuss uh, comes right out of the Ramchals, Derech Hashem, Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato, in Derech Hashem, a beautiful Sefer, um, uh, Kabbalistic in nature, but I would say that the Ramchal and his Derech Hashem, he really takes some very lofty concepts and he makes them at least palpable for us. And um, it's it's really the good counterpart to the Messias Yisharim. I don't know if I've mentioned this in the past, but um, I've heard from my Shiva from Asia, Ravari Marcus, that Dar Hashem is the important partner, Sefer, to Messias Yisharim, because Messias Yisharim tells us the the Mesila, the path of how we get to Hashem, all the things that we have to work on in our own lives and connecting to Hashem. And um, he explains that the Derech Hashem is the opposite. That's how Hashem gets to us. All the concepts for us to understand how Hashem and His universe works, all the different you know, um, integral components of the universe, um, how Hashem relates to this world, so all of that can be found in Derech Hashem. And among the things that the Derech Hashem discusses, Khal discusses, he discusses the nefesh. He discusses um, the, the multiple... Interconnected and interdependent parts of the human soul. Um, he, ha- he's- he spends a lot of time talking about this, but in the third chelak, in the first parak of that chilek, and in the fourth section, right. So we're looking at Gimel Aleph Dalet three one four. The so Ramchal discusses this, uh, this this concept of the nefesh, and what he explains is that some parts of the nefesh they depart from the whole. At times, there are certain times where we have different parts of our nefesh, and sometimes there are parts of the nefesh that just disconnect from the rest of the nefesh. And he says sometimes there are parts that are added to the nefesh. It sounds like the nefesh is a part of us that just has different components, and it can and some of his, some of the nefesh's parts can just disconnect, at, you know, at, at given times, and then at other times. There, there, there are parts that are, like, I don't know if I would call it um, uh, appendages of some sort, but, but, the, but the nefesh receives these, these um, it, it's equipped with, with extra parts. And so what does this do for us? So when the Ramchal again discusses this issue, he says that the, all, while all of this is happening— while there are these interconnected and interdependent parts of the nefesh so explains that at no time does any of the happenings of the nefesh affect the body which anyway isn't even the main part of the individual meaning there can be things going on in your nefesh that have nothing to do with what's going on in your body and the nefesh is a very busy nucleus with a lot of a lot of action going on Again, parts being added, parts being subtracted, and things that we obviously can't observe in our own lives. But says the Ramchal that this is how the nefesh works. So never the twain shall meet, at least in certain regards. Maybe we should say not often. Um, do the Twain meet, um, or at least um, the Ramchal's law is that at no time does it actually affect the body. So maybe things that the body does can affect the nefesh. Things that the nefesh does does not necessarily affect the body. And in this vein, the Ramchal talks about what you've certainly heard of of the neshama Yesera. The that Shabbos comes with a neshama Yesera. This is based on a Gemara in Beitzah, very famous concept. I don't know if the Gemara in Beitz is famous, but definitely this line from the Gemara is famous that describes the Neshama Yisera, it's in Beitza Daft Tazayin Amid Aleph, and explains, Yeramchal, that the Nefesh Yisera of Shabbos as well is not sensed by the body. The body does not sense the Neshama isera. Now what exactly does that mean? And what does the Neshama Yisera of Shabbos allow for? Shabbos gives us an extra Neshama, so, what exactly is the nature of this extra neshama? So, in one of the beautiful um, Feldheim translated Derech Hashem's, um, the, the newer version, the elucidated one, there's the commentary of Zechariah Yaakov Eliyahu, and the Zichron Yaakov Eliyahu brings down that when Rashi on that Gemara in Beitza, has and Aleph, so there, Rashi explains that this neshama, this neshama yisera, it allows one to eat more. And so, okay, so this Nesham say that Hashem gives us on Shabbos, this might be the other famous location, the other famous headquarters for this discussion of the food that we eat on Shabbos that, that doesn't make us gain weight, which again, that, that, that has become the the um, product of, of these sources. Again, whether it's true or not, we haven't um, really taken a, we haven't taken a side. But what, what Rashi does say once again is that the Neshama allows one to eat more. But here's the question. When the Ramchal describes the Neshama in connection to the Nefesh, which, again, the body does not sense the Nefesh, so what happens to the food that we eat on Shabbos? So Zichran Yaakov explains that when Rashi explains that this Neshama allows one to eat more on Shabbos, what he means is that the Nefesh isn't affected by the excess of food. And I'll repeat that. The nefesh is not affected by the excess of food. You're able to eat more on Shabbos, and what's the freebie on Shabbos that we don't have during the week? That the nefesh isn't affected by the excess of food. In other words, at least what we're hearing um, from the Zechran Yaakov Eliyahu in his comments on the Ramachal, and again there in the comments on Rashi in the Gemara and Beitza, the suggestion is, and the implication is, that when you eat food during the week, so things that your body does, does in fact, uh, or they do in fact, affect your nefesh. We are, the things that we do in our physical lives has a bearing on our spiritual lives, has a bearing on our nefesh. However, that which our nefesh does, doesn't necessarily have bearing on the body. The body does not always sense, or perhaps never senses, what the nefesh is doing. But the food that normally during the week affects us, it affects our nefesh, and our nefesh feels it. So yes, you eat food during the week, your body will certainly feel it, and your body will respond to it, and your body will digest it, and you will say asher yatzar when the body eventually expels the toxic parts of it. But not only does your body feel it, your nefesh feels it. Your nefesh feels the food that you eat. However says that because of the Neshama Yesera, food that you eat on Shabbos does not affect the Neshama Yesera does not affect the Nefesh. And that's, that's what Rashi means when he says the Neshama Yeserah allows you to eat more food. The freebie is that your Nefesh is not negatively impacted by extra food that you eat on Shabbos. When, again, when perhaps when you're fulfilling a hayom, you're eating today, and you're engaging in oneg Shabbos, you're engaging in the mitzvah. And so now this perhaps takes us back to the larger question. It might not necessarily account for the Toldos Yisrael, the Yismach who seems to suggest that Shabbos food plainly does not make you fat. But, you know, and whether or not that's true... Perhaps we have we, we can discuss we can come back and discuss the Toldos Yisrael after we consider the following possibility that if you look at what at least the Ramchal and the Zichron who are saying they are not saying that you don't gain weight on Shabbos right if, if if you're reading between the lines all they're saying is that your nefesh is not impacted by the food that you eat on Shabbos but your body will be. And again, like all all of the evidence that we've experienced in our own lives seems to have suggested that, that the the Pashtus nature of it, is that you do gain weight on Shabbos. That's what it would seem, right? But then how do you account for the Toltz Yisrael, the Yisrael? Is he perhaps taking a different stance? That no, Shabbos' food doesn't make you fat against you know, what our eyes are seeing against what our bodies are experiencing, that's what the Yismach Yisrael is suggesting. Now, I don't know if I can comment on the Yismach to offer pshat. I don't know if I have to offer pshat. Um, you know, but is, is it possible to suggest that according to the Yismach Yisrael that he is referring to a certain kind of individual who eats food on Shabbos? Is it possible that you have to eat the food mamish la Hashem Shabbos hayom la Hashem We learn many times that la Hashem teaches us that something has to be done absolutely l'shema and especially when you do something that you derive hanah from. So usually when you do something that you derive hanah from so it's often hard to divorce the hanah from the l'shem shemayim and so this is why when it comes to an aver lishma, a very um, a very controversial topic, doing an Avera, but doing it L'Shem Shemayim. So the Natsiv in his Harchib Davar, he explains this in connection to Yaakov Avinu, and he explains it in connection, and then my Rebbe Venus and is a piece, and i explaining it in connection to Yaakov Avinu, and explaining it in connection to the daughters of Lot, different things that they've engaged in, which look like an Avera, L'Shem Shemayim. And he explains that if you get any Hana from the Avera that supposedly is L'Shem Shemayim, so that Hanau takes away from l'shem shemaim and makes it no longer a pure um, avera l'shem shemaim anymore. And maybe, if the food that you eat on Shabbos is not purely la Hashem, and maybe the ismach was only discussing someone who's eating the food mamish la Hashem, that that food will not make him fat. So, then you have to then consider you know, why would anyone just eat more food for no reason? Uh, most people will eat more food because their eyes are bigger than their stomachs or maybe because their stomachs are huge and they still just want more because they're craving it. Um, Is there a reason to eat more just Lashem Shemaim? I guess it depends how much more you eat. That might be another answer to the question, right? If you're eating purely Lashem Shemaim, so think about how much more food you're going to eat anyway. It could be one, that if you're eating it purely Lashem Shemaim, it's not going to, maybe then you have this special immunity to the weight that the food can give you. And perhaps... On the other hand, if you're doing it purely L'shem Shemaim, you might not even eat that much more food to begin with. And that uh, that could indeed answer um, the, you know, the questions that we, we've been having this whole time. That, yes, yeah, so for certain kinds of people, for certain kinds of circumstances, Shabbos food will not put the weight on your body. However, I want to come back to the Derech Hashem and come back to the Znaim Latara of stress and suggest maybe even an additional answer that can help us Um, And maybe it could be plugged back into the Yisrach Yisrael as well. Maybe. I'm not not saying yes for sure. But the Zanayim Torah, as we mentioned earlier, says that we have a support for those who diet all week, but then go off of their diets on Shabbos. And I I think this is an important point, and you could bring this back to the Yisrach Yisrael, to suggest very simply that, again, Shabbos food does not make a person fat. What does that mean? Well, doesn't food in general, doesn't matter, does it really matter what day of the week it is, doesn't food put weight on your body? So it could be, again, like Rev Stretzkin was saying, that if you are doing the mitzvah, if you're being shown a mitzvah, so then no devil is gonna to happen to you, you won't be negatively impacted. And if getting the weight on your body is something that can harm you, so perhaps won't happen, And maybe there are limits to that, right? Not you know not necessarily every case of obesity is a deathly case of obesity, right? Even being slightly obese, and not even talking about being morbidly obese, just being slightly overweight, right? That's not you know that's not necessarily a health emergency. So maybe you can gain a little bit of weight. You know you won't gain the amount of weight on Shabbos on Shabbos food that'll cause for a life and death situation, and maybe that's what you can suggest, but. To come back to the idea of what is the difference between food you eat on Shabbos versus any other day of the week, you might say one difference is, well, on the on Shabbos, it's an extra mitzvah, and that's why I should get more protection. But then you might say, if you're being more rational, quote-unquote, you'll say, otherwise, there really is no difference. Food during the week, food on Shabbos, it's all the same. And let's say you're the biggest rationalist, uh, again, in quotes, and you'll say that like, there's literally no difference between the foods that you eat on Shabbos versus the foods that you eat during the week. It's just food is food is food. And your physical body is your physical body is your physical body. So then maybe this statement, if we want to go back to it, that Shabbos food does not make you fat can be understood as follows, if you, if you, if you, if you please to understand it this way. And that is that if you have to choose one day a week, where you're going to let yourself go just a little bit, right? then that day should be Shabbos. And if you are absolutely careful during the week to be dieting and to be eating healthy, and you're maintaining a very consistent diet, a healthy diet that is conducive to you not putting on weight, and then on Shabbos you eat a little bit more, why? Because that's the day that you chose, or if you want to be quote unquote less rational, more spiritual, and you want to appreciate the mitzvah of the matter, which I'm not even I'm not even suggesting is is, is fantasy world. I, I, I believe there's legitimacy to that. So then, yes, Shabbos is the day where you have a mitzvah to eat a little bit more. You have a mitzvah oneg Shabbos. So if you pick that one day of Shabbos where you're going to eat a little bit differently where your eating habit will not be the same as it is during the week, but again, you maintain the diet that you normally have during the week, then, practically speaking, Shabbos food does not make you fat. Right? Shabbos food will not make the person fat who is being very careful otherwise. Right? And think about it. If a person is not careful and they eat to their heart's desire, um, again, at, the, at the, the all-you-can-eat buffet, not at the all-you-should-eat buffet. So if they're doing that, so if they're doing that every single day, and they're also doing it on Shabbos, is it really the Shabbos food that's making them fat? And the answer that we have to admit is that no, it's not the Shabbos food that's making them fat. It's the food that they're eating every single day that makes them fat, right? So does this Shabbos make me look fat? No, it's not the Shabbos that makes you look fat. It's the food that you're eating throughout the week that makes you fat. And the Shabbos is just no different from any other day of the week. So it's not Shabbos food that's doing it. It's your unhealthy diet that's doing it. Right? Because if you'd eat that same Shabbos food on, uh, on, on a week where you ate nothing else that was unhealthy that week, where you had a beautiful diet that week, and then on Shabbos you ate, and... Even if and, and is that to suggest that you won't gain weight? That when you get up on the scale after Shabbos, that you won't see an increase in your weight? So maybe you, want, you might still see that weight increase, but what's going to happen on Sunday when you go back to your regular diet, of, of which is a healthy diet? That weight gets cut off. Meaning, maybe you do gain weight literally on Shabbos, but the weight gets taken off, and you are, so to speak, given back those... Um, not not those calories, but the opposite. You're giving back the weight loss that you're normally careful for during the week. And perhaps that is a fair interpretation of this issue of whether or not we gain weight on Shabbos. i like to compare it to the other Gemara in Beita that talks about the money expenditures that we make during the week for the purposes of Shabbos. As the, the Gemara famously tells us that on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem decides how much money we're going to make during the year. However, the expenditures that we make for different things, like Torah learning for our children, or for Shabbos, expenditures that are made for Shabbos food, so those expenditures are not a part of what was written up in Shemayim, and therefore the, the, the bank account that Hashem created for you on Rosh Hashanah, so you're not taking out of that bank account when you spend money on Shabbos. So perhaps there's room to compare um, when it comes to the food that you eat, that. I'm not sure where it's written how much food you're going to eat and how much weight you're going to gain through, you know, throughout the year, but perhaps if Shabbos is the one day that you eat a little bit more, otherwise you're being very, very careful, perhaps we can say it in an almost literal way, the Shabbos food that you eat, so that's not accounted for. When um, you you know when it comes to how much weight you are so to speak destined to gain throughout the year, I mean you ultimately determine that the food that you're supposed to eat versus the food that you're not supposed to eat. When it comes to Shabbos, Shabbos doesn't really impact that. That's not accounted for. You're not taking out from your weight account when it comes to the food that you eat on Shabbos, and perhaps once again that is um, a fair and measured. Um, and no pun intended, measured way to understand this particular issue, whether or not it is that we gain weight on Shabbos. Anyway, um, it's been a while since we've had Real Talk Torah, and if there are topics that you want to hear share on, then I'm I'm happy to do research into those topics like I've done on this one, and uh, there are definitely others, and even other series that I'm um, cooking up um, as we, we await our weekly shioran but in the meantime until next time if you want to partner up with us here at the database um or, or you're know, giving a sponsorship of questions comments concerns recommendations then all you have to do is reach out to me at the database at gmail.com that's the data then base b-e-i-s at gmail.com i'll also mention that if you want to join the database podcast whatsapp group i would recommend it only because if you are just following the new shioran that get uploaded that's good enough. But if you want to hear all the old shirim in the archive, let's say you want um, updates for upcoming shirim or links for every shir as they get uploaded, or even if you want to hear the old shirim in the archive. So for this week, Parshas Spachalach, Oh, where are all the Parshas Pesachalach shirim? Or let's say you're looking for um, Baal the workshop shirim on a particular on a particular tfila that you want to hear the nusach for and you're not sure where that can be found so often on the WhatsApp group. Certainly if you request it, but on the WhatsApp group, I will, I will post, quote-unquote, and stream, quote-unquote, old Shiorim, the reruns, so that you'll have them all in one spot. At the beginning of your week, you'll be able to hear all of the old shurim on the Parsha and on you know, the, the smaller Shiorim, the smaller series, and the longer ones as well. So I would recommend you joining the Database Pos- Podcast WhatsApp group and if you want to join that as well, you just reach out to me at thedatabase.gmail.com. Anyway, keep it real. Keep talking. Most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at the database and have an absolutely wonderful Shabbos. Don't eat too much.